Welcome everybody to the cast from the coast. My name is Adam Miles and I'm joined as always by Josh Lambert and Tim Johnson. What are we talking about tonight, Tim? We are talking about a second entry into the series of House. This one is called House 2, the second story from 1987. And it's amazing. And we're going to talk about it. The house movie that is a house movie. Stay tuned. a synopsis tim the new owner of a sinister house gets involved with a reanimated corpse and demons searching for an ancient aztec skull with magic powers house to the second, the second story, story. Yeah. or as josh would like know it that? house two there is no such thing as house one it's funny because second story like houses have two stories Oh my god, don't tell me that's why you thought that there was that you never thought about a first movie. The second story takes place on the upper level of the house. The upper level yeah. of the house. <laughs> house yeah. 2, the upper level. <laughs> house 2 is the second story. That's where all the shit goes down. Oh, man. Alright, moving what? on from that. It's true. What? 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 I, can't, I can't think shit like that? What? Go away. Right. Jeez. Okay, so here we have a, another story in the House universe, uh, directed by a different gentleman, Ethan Wiley, uh, written by Fred Decker, though, still, um, that takes place more of a, a another story in the same universe, but a different house and a, and a different set of problems is really what this is. It's almost like, once again, we kind of discussed this in the last episode, it's almost like they were going to do some sort of a, 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 a thematic story uh, anthology series of tales all surrounding portals to a different dimension in various houses. Hmm. If that makes sense. So, that would can I just say... Only if Bill was in every one. Then I would accept that. <laughs> Bill. Can I just say that the opening scene where it does the title card uh, instantly brought me back to being a little kid with that. Just the way the skull and so then turns. I was like... Ugh. So, if you would have asked six-year-old me what my favorite movie was, I'd say Star Wars and House 2, The Second Story. No way. Me and my little brother watched these movies until the fucking tapes didn't work anymore. Like, I'm talking multiple viewings a week for years. I can see that. When, when I was younger, I guarantee I watched Part 2 a lot more than I watched Part 1. But I knew that part one existed. Nope. <laughs> Not even going to play onto that one, are you? And nope. my copy of House 2 was bootlegged, and it was probably on another tape with a couple other horror movies. But I'd always watch House 2. Yep. Same. The second story. Second, second story level. Of the house. Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What have I got myself into tonight? Okay. So here we have an entirely different story set in the world of the house movies. That has nothing to do with Roger Cobb and, and the greatest American hero that he is. It has everything to do now with a different set of problems having to do with a much different... What? Oh, the greatest American hero. Oh, I So here we actually have the story basically of Jesse, who basically 
gets this house uh, as it was kind of like left to him by it was originally like his parents' house, and they died mysteriously. And he gets the house when he's older, and he moves in. And it's it's an interesting house. Like, and we said this in in kind of the the last episode is like I really like the house from the first one, but this one is like a true movie set house because yeah, it's of like the an Aztec temple. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like, yeah, but you know what? It's cool. I it's like the aesthetic wrong. of this fucking house, though. This, I don't know what it is. Like, I obviously the the house from House One was a real house, but I don't know. I just, I, 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 I like the house in House Two, the second story. <laughs> well, it's got the pillars everywhere, and it's got hieroglyphs everywhere, and it's got like stained glass windows, and it really does have a certain aesthetic to it. Obviously, like you know, Aztec culture and stuff like this. So it's kind of interesting. And I mean, when you look at it, I mean, in rich ass neighborhoods in Los Angeles and shit, that kind of a thing oh, probably all there, yeah, there's all yeah. kinds of shit yeah. like that. So you don't yep. doubt that this kind of a freaking house really does exist by any means. Well, it know? reminds me of the uh, the the murder house from American Horror Story. That first yeah, season kinda, of American yeah. Horror okay. Story, it looks like it would be in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So we have Jesse, who also, uh, Charlie, appears, and uh, they have... McLaughlin. Yeah. Jesse McLaughlin. <clears throat> McLaughlin. Um, so here we have uh, the fact that he's basically trying to start his life, and then Charlie comes around, and, and he's got his girl with him, and... Life is just going to change forever at this point. What and... a scamp that Charlie is, I tell you. What? What a scamp? Oh, yeah, getting <laughs> getting old Jesse McLaughlin in all kinds of trouble over the years, I'm sure. Jesse and Charlie, yep. Um, when they get together, they start going through the house for different items, and they come across the family photos, and they start piecing together... Uh, the fact that this crystal skull existed and uh, most likely was, you know, part of the whole idea behind the thematic look of the house and and what was going on and the fact that it was uh, probably buried with their great-great-grandfather. Jesse McLaughlin. Jesse McLaughlin. So they decide to dig him up because they figure that, uh, you know, due to if if the information's correct... That uh, that skull would be there. It's probably worth a lot of money, regardless if it now, really does I have power. I fucking love or not. this movie, but I gotta talk about this for a sec. They make oh. the jump from fucking looking in a book and a couple of photos to grave robbing pretty quick. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of like extra thought <laughs> it in that. Escalated very quickly. <laughs> it's like yeah. wow, that did get out of hand pretty quick. It's like I wonder if it's in his grave. Let's find out. Charlie's like, oh, that's crazy. I got a pickaxe and a shovel right here. It's funny because when I used to go, uh, when I was in school, I used to go to the library. I used to look for that book that fucking Jesse had of the Crystal Skulls because it's a real book. Oh, I'm, now I, I need I, to get that, that book. Yeah, I, 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 I tried to find it every. I never found it. it. What is it called? Gonna have to, gonna have to uh, look that up a little later for sure. Okay, so things start to escalate pretty quick because when they dig up the uh, the the grave of Gramps. As he likes to be called, uh, "Mysteries of Ancient Mexico." This was called. You. That's the name of the book. They dig up the grave of Gramps, and Gramps just so happens to be alive. He's undead. He's been basically living in the ground with this crystal skull, keeping him alive this whole time. And the adventures get even sillier at this point because they teach Gramps to drive. They get drunk with him, and creatures and people start coming out of the woodwork all throughout the house because the crystal skull beckons to them. They want the skull for various reasons. Everybody with a different reason, apparently. No, that's just... just That's life, man. That's life. That's life. Or all three of us would have different fucking intentions with that crystal skull. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. He gets in the hands of bad people, bad stuff happens. That's right. That's what Grant says. Alright. <clears throat> so. Characters. Gramps. Go. We can't just jump to Gramps. We gotta Gramps. talk about Jesse first. Okay, Fuck we'll Jesse talk. Jesse McLaughlin. 
McLaughlin Jr., who, who he's named after, by the way, Jesse and Jesse. Um, he mentions that once or 27 times. <laughs> exactly why I said it. He's like, I'm named after you. Don't kill me. You know, it's like this whole thing, right? Um, I gotta admit, he's, he's like probably like one of the weakest characters in the movie for me. <laughs> Your voice went really high. But Jesse McLaughlin Jr. is like, I don't know, he's like the weakest character in this movie for me. I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, he, like, when I start, when I go to watch this movie, and I haven't watched it in a little bit now myself, probably close to ten years, the same as when I had watched the first one, um, I went back into this going, oh yeah, like the next William Cat type character, you know what I mean? And, I gotta admit, he kind of pales in comparison to what William Cat did as Roger Cobb. Do you want to know who he reminded me of? Who? And it's so weird, because William Cat was the original Luke Skywalker, but Jesse reminds me of Luke Skywalker. From A New Hope. Like, just this kind of, like, fucking just whiny... Just a kid plucked out. Yeah. yeah. Plucked like, out of the... But he's not even a kid in this movie. He's supposed no, to be, like... No, but, like, like he, he, very, he had a very childlike kind of fucking, like, attitude. Yeah. I know he's... Yeah. But, like, he just... I don't know. There was just something about him that kind of reminded me of Luke Skywalker from A New Hope. Like, just this... I don't know. Inexperienced you know what, in life. would be great... If this was the the first of a series, and we get to see his story arc develop over years, okay, I get what let you're saying. Go, you're just, let it go, Josh. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> but then we have the opposite of Jesse. We have Charlie, Charlie. who's who's fun as shit in this movie. He's he's my favorite right. out of the two of them. He's definitely a better character by all means. Um. You know, he, he comes in and he's he's drunk when you first see him, and he's bellowing out happy birthday stories, and and he's he's basically he pokes Jesse to get him to do stuff. Jesse eventually takes charge on the situation, but Charlie's there to get him into trouble. Yeah, and I don't think Charlie would be as good if Jesse wasn't there to juxtapose him. Yeah, like Jesse true. has to be the straight shooter. Yeah, Charlie's the one that gets him into these situations. Like, I don't think Jesse would have went and dug up Gramps by himself. He would have just been there looking at his books and say, yeah, fuck, I bet you that's in there. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then Charlie was like, let's just fucking check it. There's no way they went. Party! Like, you, rec- you reckon that skull's worth millions? Millions. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. Uh, and then we do got to talk about Gramps. Gramps, oh my God. played by Royal fucking- Dano. His fucking, like, opening scene of, like, the hand coming out of the fucking... Like, it was, like, great horror, right? Badass. Like, just vintage fucking... The mummy hand, it's all wrapped. And, like, he got out and he got that fucking, like, really scary fucking mask. But you don't know it's a With mask. glowing eyes. Fucking... We, yeah. we couldn't even watch that scene when we were kids. We are like, oh, that's the scary scenes coming up. Turn your head. And then, like, he he takes it off, and you're like, oh, he's actually kind of nice. Oh, there's Gramps. He's kind of nice. And he's got the old gold digger, uh, you know, know, speech to him, right? Prospect. But but he's got, like, the whole speech to him, too. Well, you know, Dabble. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny. But Gramps is a great character. Um he he is a, he's a well fleshed out character in this one, which is which is good because you're right. He, he's he, an architect, a cowboy, an adventurer, a little bit of everything, and, and he Aztec. becomes yeah, and he becomes like you know one of the main characters pretty quick in the movie, and and is a big proponent as to the reason why the crystal skull needs to be kept safe because they want to keep Gramps around, so you know yeah. you know they need to keep him alive, obviously, so they got to make sure that the crystal skull stays safe um but i like i like his he's got a worldly experience to him because obviously he's all of these things like you said josh but he's also a very much so his adventurer side comes out like when they're teaching when he's when charlie's teaching him how to drive 
You know, he's got that fearless attitude to him, right? And he's sitting under the tree getting drunk with him. And he's like, you're drunk, boy! And it's just, like, it's just, it's fun. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's a good character to play off of them for, you know, for everything that's in there. Um, and, and he's, he's also a loving character, which is kind of funny because he starts, he starts, he's a bit of a hard ass, but then he realizes these are his boys. This is his family. So he's got a lot of love for them. You know what I mean? And the love kind of goes a little bit further when he gets the pug a pillar or fucking puppet pillar or whatever, or whatever the hell it is later on. That's his baby now, right? It's, it's hilarious. Um, that little fucking caterpillar thing. Hilarious. Looks just like my dog. The release of this film, they had like full size poppillars in theaters, in Crystal Skulls in theaters. So you know there's some of those floating around somewhere. Nice. Josh will find them. Josh will find one of those. Should should totally make one. Nice. Um. Then we obviously have Bill. I gotta talk about Bill. I don't care because there's other characters and, and people that are kind of marked above him, but Bill Bill is my highlight in this damn movie. Because it is such a weird character that's just shoehorned into the situation for all the right reasons. Bill is the electrician that they bring in. <laughs> and he starts pulling away at the electrical wires and he un he unveils what appears to be a portal to another dimension. And being scared like a normal electrician would and be like, fuck, this house is not right. He's like, oh, yeah, seen this before. Yeah. Or the other dimension. Yeah. But the best part is that the whole time that he's talking to, to Jesse and them at first, though, he's like a sleazy car salesman, though, right? He's like, yeah, here's the situation. You got to understand. This is the problem that we're dealing with. And I can't guarantee this and I can't do that. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you guys got to come and see this here. And they're like, oh, you know, why don't you come back later? And he's like, no, you need to come and see this. He's like, yeah, there you go. You got a portal to the other dimension there in your wall. And it's just nonchalantly he throws it out. And it's just yeah. amazing the way that he delivers well, that. Well, he brings his tool case in and he opens up his special drawer of tools and, oh, there's his sword. <laughs> his <laughs> adventuring sword. sword. And he even goes as far as having, like, the ball of twine stuck on, like, the little teeth of the uh, the gate. And it's, like, following them in so that they know how to get their way back out. So it's he's a, obviously... He's a professional adventurer. He's a professional adventurer. And and the best part is is the fact that he makes, he makes comment to the fact that this is not his first one. So he's seen this before. I so, someone fan edited <clears throat> Bill into a plethora of fantasy films. Just, just want just, Bill to appear. Just cause. Just cause. I'd like to see him in pretty much anything. Just have him waltz in. Yep, yeah, I'm Bill. The he just appears in Indiana Jones all of a sudden. Yeah. Yep. But the best part is about this, though, Ratzenberger's got, like, a very distinctive voice in Hollywood. You know what I mean? I mean, he's done so much voiceover work after Cheers and everything else, too, right? So just hearing him go on is just funny as hell, anyway. Um, yeah, I love Bill. I think Bill Bill is, like, a bright, shiny spot in this movie. It's probably my favorite part, just because of the fact that he's just a random character that just appears for literally a small section of the movie... But literally makes the whole damn movie. Oh, he's fucking great. He, he, like, we need more Bill. I agree. We need more Bill. Like, if there was a Bill in the first movie, that would have been great, too. Would that would, would, would have been would better? That, would that have made Josh like House 1 more? House 3? The Power Bill? The, the Power Bill? Are you kidding power me? B- House 3, the Power Bill. <laughs> oh, Josh. House 3, The Adventures of Bill. Don't ever change. <laughs> Don't ever change. Oh man. But, um, okay, Josh. Yeah. Before we get into talking about, like, effects work, let's break this up a little bit. Josh, why don't you give us your notes first? Oh, we're going straight to notes. All right, very well. Yeah, I want to go to your notes. And I'll tell you, I- I've seen this movie, no word of a lie, at least a hundred times. I can see, I can see at that. At least. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking in totality of life, it's probably Evil Dead, Star Wars, House 2. That's impressive. Okay. Uh, this viewing of House 2 took place September 8th, 2020. 
at 5.44 p.m. Uh, the opening to this movie is the literal definition of nostalgia for me. Tim mentioned it, you know, when that skull pops up and the, the sound effects start happening and the skull turns. That, for me, is like being seven years old. Yep. Uh, so this takes place in a completely different house. Uh, makes house one kind of lame. Uh, who iced his foreheads? If I told Allison I hit my head on an ironing board, she'd just laugh at me. I, that's a that's a an era past gone activity of of icing your your spouse's forehead when they hurt themselves. Specifically with a specific ice pack like that. That that was the classic yeah. ice pack too, right? I wrote Ah the eighties, where drinking and driving was the norm and seen as kind of funny. We don't believe in success, quote. A couple of pictures and a library book on Aztecs, and all of a sudden they're grave diggers. Uh, Gramps' mask used to scare the shit out of me, big time. Uh, I'll also make the note that Gramps is what I call my grandfather, based on this movie. Nice. I need to build that skull mantle. So, I have a fireplace now, and it desperately needs that little skull mantle with a crystal skull. Desperately. <clears throat> One of my favorite quotes from Gramps. Look at me. I'm a 170-year-old fart. A goddamned zombie. Just a pinch of communists made the stars fade away. Quote. I shot the scallywag. Well, he shot me first, so I had to teach him a lesson. This is life lessons with Gramps. Oh, that Jesse. What a scamp. I can only imagine the trouble he's gotten into. Did anyone else get, like, a super Jim Carrey vibe from Jesse? At first, yeah. Yeah. Um, he just had an Uzi. Which is Great. Randomly, he had an. Oh yeah, here. Just in his trunk. He's like, yeah, got an Uzi covered. <laughs> he hands him the uh, little gun. The effects work in this movie is amazing, bar none. It's got stop motion. It's got puppets. It's got makeup effects. It's got huge rubber suits. Love it all. I wrote. He got saved by a catfish wrangler. When the, uh, like, tribal caveman guy is fighting with him, and he's he's got him right pinned to the ground, and then all of a sudden this giant catfish-looking rancor monster grabs him. Quote, why didn't he use the stairs as they crashed through the ceiling? What a gramps thing to say. <laughs> Somehow I forgot about the dog a pitter, and when it arose, such a flux of emotions happened. It was unreal. <laughs> yep. Such a flux of emotions. I agree, Josh. Um, John is a scuzzbag, played by Bill Myers. Uh, what a shitty character he is. Bill. Uh, funny how he and Norm were both in the house movies. Here you talk about that. Well, there it is. Looks like he got some sort of alternate dimension there. Quote from Bill. I love how Bill's not even phased by this. <laughs> Electrician and adventurer. Slim Razor. Such a badass name. Such a badass character. He is the greatest. Let me take this woman they've known for ten minutes hostage. That will surely cause tension. Slim Razor, like, takes her hostage... And the guys are like, oh, oh okay. Uh, we don't actually know that lady. We just saved her from an Aztec temple. we got to save her again. What's up with the stuffed horse in that room? <laughs> it has a taxidermied horse. Is that a thing? Well, like Gramps, Gramps liked horses, apparently. <clears throat> yeah. Is that Gramps' horse, you reckon? I, I reckon it's Gramps' horse. You reckon? You reckon that's you Gramps' reckon. horse? I reckon that's Gramps' horse. Nice. 
I think I loved this game so much as a child because it plays out like a video game. Charlie and Jesse are going through like different stages of the house and fighting like the boss of that stage. Yeah, it's true. Jesse's a pretty shit shot. He gets two shots out on Slim Razor and misses both times before Slim Razor even raises his gun. Even the cops knock over the stone that Jesse's friend knocks over at the start. <laughs> That's great. Yep. So, the cops say Jesse's been shooting up the whole neighborhood. What the fuck are they talking about? He's been in his house the whole time. Uh, I love the scene when he blows um, Slim Razor's dome right off his head and, like, blows it up in, like, three shots. That's amazing. Another one of excellent Gramps' one-liners. I thought he'd kick your ass for sure. <laughs> Talking about Slim Razor. And he comes down, he's like, oh, I thought for sure he'd kick your ass. Uh, well, Jesse's going to jail forever. How's he supposed to explain to a jury and judge that he didn't shoot the sheriff, it was the undead Slim Razor that shot the sheriff? And then, I forgot about the ending as well, they Back to the Future 3 did where he just goes to, like, this parallel dimension where it's western. And everybody lives that Something that frustrates me, didn't Gramps make it extremely clear that if the skull got into the wrong hands, horrible things would happen? Well, yes. isn't that, like, the whole epitome of this story? Don't let the skull fall into the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. And what does Jesse do? Just leaves the it at the grave. The motherfucker just leaves it on the ground in a pile of rocks. Way to go, Jesse. You skip off to some western world and doom the universe by leaving a cosmic artifact for any douchebag to find. You and your puppet friends, Charlie, and some chick you just met ten minutes prior. And the, the fucking paradactyl bird thing. Puppet friends, yep. <laughs> the the puppets ah! in this movie are amazing. The puppet effects in this movie are so awesome. They really are. Those are my notes on House 2, the second story. Second level. <coughs> All right. Thank you, Josh, for those wonderful notes. Anytime. So, so you, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Greetings from Tromaville. I'm Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of the Toxic Avenger. You know, folks. When we're not making those great movies like Tromeo and Juliet and Return to Return to Nukemai, a.k.a. Volume 2, the Troma team and I like to kick back and, and, and listen to They Cast from the Coast. They Cast from the Coast is, is really the best entertainment, the best education, and the best emotional liberation that uh, uh, Lloyd Kaufman can possibly experience. Thank you. So you bring us to a discussion about the effects work because you mentioned it so lovingly in this too. So this movie does have some great creature work when it comes to the puppets because there's not a lot of creatures in this movie that are not puppets basically. You know what I mean? There's like the mother pterodactyl creature and then there's the the swamp all type creature. Puppets and stop motion. Yeah, it's all puppets and stop yeah. motion. And the majority of the bad guys in this movie are literally bad guys, villains, human-esque villains, right? So, the, you know, tossing in the occasional monster every now and then is, is really kind of cool. The pugger pillar is, or the pupper pillar, or dogger pillar, or whatever the hell you want to call it. I call it the pugger pillar because it looks like a, it's a pug face. It's what it is. And I mean, I own a pug, so I can tell you. You should get a pugger pillar costume for your pug for Halloween. And, and spray paint my dog's face green, yeah. apparently. They, they got dog paint that you can put on paint. They got dogs. dog paint. <laughs> dog paint that you can paint on dogs. Yeah. That would that's make the, sense as to what you can do with you it. just said. You just paint it on the dog. That was, an Adam, that was an Adam sentence, even it's if I must say. <laughs> it's good for them. Give him a bath in spinach water. Spinach water. All right, this is getting way off track now. The dogger pillar, the pugger pillar, is adorable. Cat or puppy. Catter puppy. Catter puppy. Catter puppies. Okay, catter puppy. Catter puppy. 
<sighs> Any kid that watches this movie wants one of these damn things, I swear. Because it barks and it howls and it, it, it feeds from a bottle and it's adorable as all hell. So, you know, everybody wants one of these. The pterodactyl's fun, though. The pterodactyl baby. Um, yeah, no. I mean, it brought out some bright scenes in the movie, like when they're at the dinner table and it's like snapping at people's hands and shit. It's mm. well done peppetry work, right? Now, I didn't even yeah. uh, actually take note. Uh, it's it's close to like Henson work, in my opinion. This movie reminds me a lot of Henson work, honestly. It does. Like, very much so. Like, the puppetry and stuff like this. There are scenes where the, the, the pupper pillar or the cat or puppy or whatever the hell you want to call it is like front and center and like you know, they obviously remove the wires and shit like this, right? But it looks great when you're yeah. staring at this thing from the they different angles. They didn't try to hide the effects at all. They put them right in your face. Like, they weren't trying to make it look better in the shadows or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and the best part about the, the cat or puppy or whatever is when Gramps is taken to it, and it's like his baby. Mm-hmm. And it's like the whole cutesy scenes with Gramps and the puppy. Yeah, it's adorable. Um... <clears throat> The rest of the effects work in this movie, it's it's basically set design is what it really comes down to. Like you've got like some of the you know, the weapon work and stuff like this that they do with the with the Aztec type characters and in the general costumes because there's a Halloween party at one point and everything else. But the set designs in this movie are really well done. The house itself, like I said at the very beginning of this, is one huge set. Yeah. And but it's not like a set in terms of like 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 a traditional set, it's supposed to be a house, but it feels like a theatrical production set when you're first looking at it. Like, it looks like it was built for stage, you know what I mean? But like we said, you know, it's very much so a possibility that this kind of damn house exists. Um, the interdimensional portals that they, that they go into, like the swamp type one and the one that goes into the Aztec lair with Bill and everything else, you know, great sets. Uh, they stand out. That's the big part of the effects work in this movie that really stands out for me is that they went from just having the house and the grounds with like a little bit of a jungle scene to like literal other worlds that they created and they did the same thing. Tim loves this and, and they did the same thing. They did the whole door in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Right? I mean, they, they kept that theme in this movie, which was really good, too. So, And with that, we need to talk to Tim about Trivia Time with Tim! Yay! Okay. Trivia Time with Tim. Okay. To aid the promotion of this movie, a number of giveaway items were sent to theaters. Ah, uh, Josh. These included Crystal Skulls. Uh, Crystal Skull Nightlights. What? And Caterpuppy figurines. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you think Royal when Dano, Aaron's all done, Adam, 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 what? Adam, what? do you think when Aaron's not so busy, he can make us some upper pillars? Cater, caterpuppy? Caterpuppy? Caterpuppy. Pillars? Propellers? Pups? Santa dogs? There are people posting pictures of them all over the internet, these figurines. But continue, Tim. Okay. Royal Dano was cast despite being uninsurable due to a recent open heart surgery he had. That's risky business. Yeah. Bill Tanner. The electrician slash adventurer is played by John Ratzenberger, who is well known as Cliff on Cheers. House also featured George Went as Harold, who played Cliff's best friend Norm on Cheers. But we've already discussed that. Several pieces of the music in this were also used in Friday the 13th Part 6. Nice. Yep. Ethan Wiley had, a, uh, had the Crystal Skull made into his doorknob. Huh? Bastard. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big skull for a doorknob. Multiple doorknobs, maybe. No, he didn't break it. Better not have. So, this this is this is gonna this is gonna ring really true with Josh here. While Bill does a sequel, this actually has little to no connection to the first film. You think? Yes. 
Lar Park Lincoln, who plays Kate in this movie, and Kane Hodder, who played the man in the gorilla costume, as well as the stunt coordinator for this film, also appear together in Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Where Lar Park Lincoln plays Tina Shepard, and Kane Hodder obviously plays Mr. Jason Voorhees. The sequel is another to Sean S. Cunningham production, Friday the 13th. Uh, this obviously is a much lighter film in tone to the predecessor. Um, House 2 was given a PG-13 rating. The original was rated R. I'm okay with that. Uh, Ethan Wiley had two weeks to write this screenplay. Interesting enough, in 1987, Marvel released a comic book version of this film that was written by Ralph Macchio. No relation to the Karate Kid. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was excited there. Yeah, so was I. Uh, Devin uh, Dave Vasquez, who plays uh, the girl rescued from the Aztec Temple, is a former Playboy centerfold. Rawr. This gets mentioned in Scream 2 as being one of the best sequels ever, immediately mentioned alongside the likes of Terminator 2 and The Godfather Part 2. Yeah. Wait a minute. One of these things is not like the other. Uh, the reference is sarcastic. Ron Carroll appeared in the original Friday the 13th, already mentioned. He played Sergeant Tierney. Or Turney. Yeah. Let's go on to some goofs. Continuity goofs. During the battle with the Aztecs. Aztecs. Jesse sets the skull on the ground beside him, after which it disappears until he is seen carrying it when he exits. When Gramps and Charlie are diving... Uh, diving driving up the driveway you see Gramps driving from the right side of the car when he pulls up to the house he's back on the left um so when Gramp turns off the TV the entire crew is reflected in it <laughs> the entire the whole fucking movie production is reflected in this um, when Jesse is in the kitchen trying to get the skull from the bird's mouth you can briefly see the prophet puppeteer operating the bird in the lower right corner of the screen. Also, when Bill, the electrician, first enters the house, the dolly track is clearly visible over the floor for 30 seconds. Hmm. Factual errors. Charlie says his Uzi is semi-automatic, yet it shoots like a fully automatic. In addition, the Uvi, U, uh, Uzi is obviously a semi-automatic carbine model with a longer barrel that is legal for civilian ownership in the U.S., it is a felony for a civilian to own a full auto gun without having a federal license for each such gun. And then revealing mistakes. After Gramps feeds the worm dog, cat or puppy, <laughs> whatever, a bottle of beer, he tells the animal to go off and play while turning him to the floor. It's when you can see the obvious arm of the puppeteer clothed in the same cloth as Grandpa's blanket that he is using. Oh, that's fun. Trivia time and goof time. Trivia time, goof time, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar outro. Wow. Excellent. Thank you, Tim. Actually, you want to know what? I'm going to honestly work up a jingle that can play so we don't have to sing it anymore. Okay. For trivia time with Tim. Uh, I'm just gonna put. I'm just gonna put it. 101 episode, kids. He's I'm gonna shit. do it. I'm gonna do it. He's full of yeah, shit. and I'll just have it like set up as a jingle in in the system here, so that when I'm like, you know what time it is, guys, and I'll like hit the button, and it'll be like, you know, like the, the way that they do it on the radio stations. Trivia time with Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man. All right, gentlemen. Okay. So. I really want to get down to the brass tacks here and talk about 
our final thoughts on this movie as well as rate the movie. So I'm going to go first tonight, by the way. I was just going to suggest that because I don't want to go first. Because Tim <laughs> Tim wants to share the same sentiments as me. So Yes. Okay. So, taking a look at this movie, I have a lot of the same feelings as Josh when it comes to the way that this movie... <gasps> Did you see how he shares the same sentiments before we've given our sentiments? How this affected me as a kid. I I was drawn more to this movie when I was young. I really did like the first one, but I was drawn more to this movie. This movie's fun. The elements, the puppeteering, the the caterpuppy, the you know, the, 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 the whole, you know, pterodactyl baby creature and the crystal skull and, and the Aztec situation. This was all, this was Indiana Jones in a house. You know what I mean? Indiana Jones, but they never left the house. Which is funny because like Indiana Jones 4 is about crystal skulls. And I feel like I have a heads up going into this movie because of, or going into the Indiana Jones movie, because I was like, I know all about this, because of House 2. Do you have any idea how disappointed I was in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? Because there was no catter puppies. There was no Slim Razor. There was no Gramps. If only they had a Gramps and a Slim Razor and a catter puppy. It would have been House 3! And not a fridge. (laughs) You know Uh, what? That's not, that... That is the stupidest thing to be pissed off about. So many people are pissed off about that bridge. That is such an Indiana Jones trope. No one said shit about Indiana Jones jumping out of a fucking moving plane in a dinghy and sliding down a mountain. You know what I'm saying? But he survived a nuclear blast in a fridge and, oh, this is unreasonable! It was lead-lined! It's... <laughs> no, Shia right. LaBeouf is the reason why fucking Indiana Jones 4 sucked. That whole family dynamic. <laughs> Don't need that. Gone. Don't need it. Okay, so back so back to my rating on this movie. Oh, you don't like it? You don't <laughs> like it when you try to tell your personal thoughts and people start talking? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I do it when I start. No. Shifty-eyed. <laughs> okay. This movie, once again, played better when I was a kid. It still plays good, but it it played better than the first one for sure. It had fun. It had creatures and characters and all the stuff that you wanted to see. It had familiar faces. It had fun. It had adventure. It had everything. It had, like I said, it was Indiana Jones or Goonies without them ever leaving the actual house. It was interdimensional Goonies adventures, and I love this kind of a shit. And looking back on it, I really did get nostalgic watching this movie again. You know, it, it like I opened myself up to it because this is the kind of movie that the last time that I watched it, I guaranteed it was just kind of like, yeah, I'll put that on. And it was background noise. But having to sit down and watch the movie again, you know, with a clear vision of it, you know, for the show, I really did enjoy this movie really in large amounts looking back at it. Like I felt like a kid again sitting down and watching this. You know, and the fun and the the whole dynamic between the characters with, like, Gramps and everybody else. So, I will admit, this movie ages well, too. My kids watched this movie, and they were like, that was fun. Like, they, my, my son liked the first one, but he was like, that one was fun. Like, this was good. And, you know, that kind of really does tell you, too, because for a movie of this age to hold up, and, and to, you know, to be to be liked by another generation of moviegoers really kind of says something about it too, right? So, with that, I'm actually going to give this movie an R for recommended. Nice. Josh? Yes? Please proceed. I fucking love this movie. I love this movie so much. I just don't even know what to what to even say other than I love this movie. It gets an X for me. It's the greatest. I love it so much. I've seen it hundreds of times. No, nope, don't shake your head at me. I, I, Did you say you've given X, this movie an X without much else to say? X, triple X, 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 the X, X, X. Right on the top shelf there. It's one of my favorite movies. I've seen it hundreds of times. It's great. Want a crystal skull? Slim Razors. Way cooler than Big Ben. Enough said. Tim, go ahead. 
<laughs> that was possibly my favorite Josh review ever. I don't think he got that excited talking about Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2. Because Evil Dead is a franchise of awesomeness that everybody knows. This movie, it's like this little little shiny turd in the in the closet of cat turds. Okay. Great. That's that's great. a terrible, terrible way to describe it, but okay. It's a shiny turd that your cat leaves behind in a closet of turds. Yeah. Fuck the okay, whatever. Adam, you made you made dimension. you made that better with that voice. <laughs> with the Gramps voice. Yeah, with the Gramps voice. Okay, boys. No. I, this this movie is my childhood incarnate and uh it it, it means a lot to me and I love it. So I gotta give it the highest rating possible. X. Okay. Tim. Alright. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give my review. Um as soon as the movie started and I saw that title card of the scroll, skull turning and turning into house two, the second story. Did your hair just flutter? Yeah, it did. It legit I was like, Holy shit, I'm fucking eight years old again. Um this movie is fun. It's fun. What it reminds me of, and I feel it's it's going on the, the trend of always mentioning Evil Dead, but this movie really gave me Army of Darkness vibes, where it was a comedy with horror elements and fantasy and, like, like just like fucking Army of Darkness, it had nothing to do with the other previous two. It does, obviously. He's going through a portal all that. We don't have to explain the Odyssey of Ash. But how, like, this installment is very much, like we've been saying, you know, all through House 1 review and this review, it's very much its own movie. <clears throat> yes, it's, it's part of the franchise and all that, but it has nothing to do with the first one. Um, I enjoyed this one better than house because again like i said it's 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 fun um special effects were really good um you know um it's just it got that 80s charm um the acting was pretty good um i enjoyed the character jesse a lot more because i came to the realization he just reminds me of luke skywalker (laughs) right um yeah, I just I, I, I love this movie. It, it was absolutely a time capsule that took me back to being eight years old. Um, and like to prove like I've only watched this movie the last time I watched this movie, I was a kid and I was remembering lines of dialogue. Like that's how much of an impact this movie had on me. And I Same. haven't seen it in like twenty five years. You know what I mean? Same. Like how Same. fucked is that? And I'm like Oh my god, like, as soon as I saw, like, Gramps with that mask, I was like, I remember this, and I remember how he pulls it off, and I remember the first thing he says, and, like, it's so weird that you can remember these things, and it just takes something to kind of spark it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give this an R as well. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not worthy of an X, but I feel that in the, the, the rating system that we have, because I love this movie so much as a kid... And looking at it as an adult and, you know, going through, like, I don't want to just give it an X for that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I understand, I absolutely respect Josh's review. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Review? No, did I do that? No, 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 that's what I did. (laughs) That's just me, like, Josh's review. Salt his review? No. Um... Yeah, it's it's just a really fun movie. Uh, it's a creative storyline. It's got good acting. It got good special effects. It's from the fucking eighties, and it was an instant like time machine back to me being eight. I'm gonna give it an R, a very very high, well deserved R. Um, I want to give it an X, but I just just doesn't feel right. That's solid. Right. Solid. Well, that's great, man. I mean, this. It is a fun movie, and it's one of those movies that I'm going to throw it out there for people who might not have ever seen it. It is one of those movies that's kind of fallen into obscurity, so kind of like what Josh said earlier, it all has to do with the fact that everybody knows the Evil Dead movies. And people might even know House, but do they know House 2? And the fun that is House 2. I thought I was going to get shit for bringing up Army of Darkness. No. 
Not no, at all. No, that it, it may it makes sense, it's but but turn it around the other way though. But turn it around the other way though. Army of Darkness came after House Two, did it not? Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe Army of Darkness is the Evil Dead's answer to House Two. No, because oh, fucking because I tried because this came out the same year as Evil Dead Two, and right, Evil Dead true. Two absolutely set that up in that movie. Yeah. Okay. So fuck off, Adam. How Adam dare you? Being a <laughs> Adam's How just being dare a you? The audacity. The audacity. What kind of bullshit is that? No, but okay. this is very much a fantasy movie. It's much less a horror it is. movie. It's it just is. a fantasy And you can adventure. see that once again in the game. rating. Yeah. The rating drops from an R to a PG-13 to accommodate a, a larger crowd of moviegoers, and it's fun. Oh my there god, you. and the catter puppy is fucking adorable. It is adorable. <laughs> like and that. you can buy copies of it. And I also want a copy of that crystal skull. Because it was, it, it's iconic. That it, just, is, it is a it, classic it, looking The teeth are and the way the eye, like it's just fucking like that's from House 2. Yeah. I'm telling you, I got a fireplace mantle now. There's just a big empty spot there. Can you imagine sculpting one of those, knowing people that can sculpt, and then casting that shit in resin? Wow. I wish we knew special effects people, Josh. If only. Special if effects only. people with time. You maybe. know what the best thing is? <laughs> I have an inactive chimney, so the fireplace doesn't go anywhere. I could make a little room inside my chimney with the fireplace mantle, and you had to crawl through the chimney to get in there. And there's all kinds of Aztec people trying to, like, you know, yeah, sacrifice yeah. a virgin and shit. And yeah. I don't know. I only pay them yeah. every couple of days so yeah. that people will come, come over and see the act. I don't know. All right. It's like well, dinner theater. It's like dinner theater. <laughs> Except there's no dinner. And halfway through, Bill will just show up. Hey, <laughs> actually pay the ration dishwasher. Oh, yeah. I see the problem here. You got an interdimensional wormhole in your dishwasher. Interdimensional wormhole. Pulls out a sword. (laughs) All right. Great review. Great discussion tonight, guys. But we're going to wrap things up. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight and and checking along with us while we reviewed this absolute hidden gem from the 80s, which we absolutely recommend that people should catch up on and watch. So regardless if you've seen House 1 or not, House 2 is a movie that stands on its own for sure. Just watch House 2. As per Joss, just watch House 2 at the very least. So once again, thank you, everybody. Check us out on Facebook, Misunderstood Our Company. We're also on YouTube, Misunderstood Our Company. Like, share, subscribe to all of our channels. We also produce weekly content, and we produce this in audio format on all the major podcasting platforms, including, but not limited to, Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. We're also on Patreon. Open up your hearts and your wallets. Buy this crew a cup of coffee because that's what keeps us going as we watch these horror movies to review for you. And until next time. It's all for you. It's all for you. It's all for you. And until next time, Josh. I'm a goddamn zombie. (laughs) Tim. Stay safe. Stay spooky. See you next time, everybody. Good night.